Today we have the colossal catch, the colossal catch. We are no longer surprised by now at chapter 5 that Jesus is able to draw a multitude. In fact, we've seen in chapter 4 that ability. Look just above chapter 5 at Luke chapter 4 and verse 42. And when day came, he departed and went to a lonely place. Translation, Jesus is trying to have some time of solitude. But the multitudes were searching for him and came to him to keep him from going away from them. Now that they've seen that Jesus has power over demon and disease, they don't let Jesus to get out of their town. And he tells in verse 43, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. I was sent for this purpose. Well, they're astonished. The crowds are gathering. Earlier, turn back to chapter 4 and verse 36. Jesus cast out a demon. And amazement came upon them, and they began discussing with one another, what is this message? Obviously, they're asking also, who is this man? What is this message, and who is this man? As a result over his power over darkness, demons, and disease, the word about Jesus is spreading to all the surrounding towns. Not only had they seen Jesus demand departure of the demons, they had also seen him healing one with high fever. Well, right there at the, in chapter 4, he heals Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Well, look over at verse 38 of chapter 4. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from high fever. And they made request of him on behalf of her. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever. And it left her, and she immediately arose and waited on them. And notice, and while the sun was setting, all who had any sickness or various diseases brought them to him. And laying his hands upon them, he began healing them. So by now we notice that Jesus is drawing the crowds because of his power over disease and demons. And more specifically, by now we know that Simon himself, Peter himself, has seen the healing power of Jesus and that has touched his own family because Peter's mother-in-law has been healed. Well, chapter 5, verse 1, I call this verse, listening to the word of God. Listening to the Word of God, look at chapter 5 and verse 1. Now it came about that while the multitude were pressing around him and listening to the Word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He begins this section with, now it came about. We look, look at verse 17, you'll see that construction again. Now it came about. Look at chapter 8, verse 1. Now it came about. Chapter 8, verse 22, now it came about, I could go on through the Gospel of Luke, and this is a familiar construction, and what he's saying is, let me tell you another story about Jesus. Now it came about, let me tell you, Luke is saying, another story about Jesus. A new beginning. Notice, they were listening to the Word of God. What is that word? Chapter, verse Four, chapter 4, verse 43, he is preaching the kingdom of God. Repent, for the kingdom of God has arrived. 
Now it came about, let me tell you a new story about Jesus. The multitude is pressing around Jesus and they want to hear the word of hope. They want to hear the word of God. But you know, when Jesus preaches, when the gospel is preached, hearing is never enough. There must be a response, not just to hear the word, but to respond to the word. The call today in the gospel of Luke is to not only hear the word of God, but to heed the word of God. Jesus standing by the lake of Gennesaret, you, you know it as the Sea of Galilee. Well, look at 5-2. I, I call 5-2 washing their nets, washing their nets. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them, and they were washing their nets. Can you imagine a whole night of fishing, but no fish? How disappointed, how downcast would you be? Can you imagine having been awake all night long fishing, how hard it is, how much debris and seaweed and rubbish has to be removed from your nets? To meticulously, the nets have great value, to mend them, repair them, remove the rubbish there in the morning. And after you've had a big catch of fish, cleaning the nets is a joy. But after you've been up all night long and caught nothing, it is an arduous task. Now, Jesus notices those two boats. The fishermen are out on the shore cleaning the nets, but he notices two boats. It wasn't unusual for people to fish as partners. We have James and John and Simon and Andrew, the two boats, and they, they fish the Sea of Galilee together. Now, Jesus sits down the boat. They actually found a boat like this in the Sea of Galilee. A fisherman family who are amateur archaeologists discovered such a boat. Uh, to put it in perspective, it's about 26 feet long, about 7 feet wide, about 5 feet deep. It could hold a crew of 5 and 10 passengers. So these aren't tiny boats, but they're not huge boats. They're about 30 feet long in length. And Jesus, because the crowd is pressing, he, he gets into one of the boats and, well, 5-3 I call teaching the multitudes. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the multitudes from the boat. He used the boat, the water, the hillside as a, a natural amphitheater. He was able to project his voice off the natural elements of the water and the land. And as was the custom in that day, he sat down in the boat and he began to teach. The very boat from which Peter had been fishing for fish, Jesus now fishes for men. 5-4 I call letting down the nets, letting down the nets. Look at 5-4. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now, the put out is a singular command. It's to Peter alone. I want you to put the boat out. Peter, push the boat out now. Finish teaching the crowds. And then in a plural command, he says to all the fishermen, let down to the crew, let down the nets. Put out into the deep, Peter, and to the crew, let down your nets. Well, Jesus is not merely suggesting he knows where there's a better fishing hole. He is commanding them to let down their nets. Well, verse 5, 
working hard all night. Verse 5, working hard all night. And Simon answered and said, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. Uh, can I read it like I, I think? But at your bidding, because you say so, if you insist, we will let down the nets. In his mind, Peter's thinking, you're a great teacher. I've never heard anything like it. You healed my mother-in-law. I, I, I've never seen anything like you, Rabbi. But there's one thing old Simon knows about, and that's fishing. I make my living fishing. I've been fishing for years. I've just fished all night long. I know where to catch them, when to catch them, what the moon has to be, what the weather has to be, the wind, the waves. I don't really need you to teach me anything about fishing. But how do you argue with Jesus? If you say so, at your bidding, we will let the nets down. Now, notice what he calls him. Don't miss it. It's a nuance, but it's important. The other gospel writers would have called him what? Rabbi. But Peter calls him, and Luke's gospel is often called Master. Master. Master is one with authority, one who can give a command and all will obey. Peter calls him Master, meaning because you say so, I will do what you have asked. Now, can you imagine where Simon is in his heart right now, he knows they're not going to catch any fish, right? He's fished all night. He's gone to his sweet spots. He knows the routine. It's just not happening tonight. The fish are not cooperating. It is over. And they've just finished meticulously picking the nets. Can you imagine knowing after being up all night long that this rabbi who thinks he knows something about fishing is making you throw your nets out one more time, and then you've got to come back to the shore and do what? Pick the nets clean all over again. You don't fish during the daytime, Rabbi. The fish can see the shadows of the nets. We've tried that for years. It doesn't work. It's harder. But you have to go out at night when the fish cannot see the shadows of the nets. Well, 6 and 7 I call breaking the net. Look at 6 and 7. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. What happens next? Catches the fishing crew unaware. The catch is called a great multitude, like the multitude of people. Now we have a multitude of fish. It is a colossal catch of fish. Well, we see three things right there, don't we? Jesus has the prophetic powers to tell you what will happen before it happens. Jesus has the prophetic powers to tell you what will happen before it does happen. Number two, obedience to Jesus leads to success. Obedience to Jesus leads to success. And number three, the catch becomes a symbol of the mission to which Simon is called. The catch becomes a symbol of the mission to which Simon is called. It's called. Notice they catch so many fish, they signal. Now, in the Greek text, it means signal with your head. Their hands are holding the nets. It's all they can do. They're about to burst. They don't let go of the nets. They're doing this with their head to James and John. Get your crews and get over here. This is like something we have never seen before. They nod their heads. They come over, and both boats are filled. 
One commentator said there were fish that weren't even nets just jumping in the boats because they wanted to jump in on the fun that Jesus had going on. The fish were the most cooperative they had ever been. They were trying to get caught that day. Verse 8. But when Simon saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O curios, O Lord. Now, in our text, in, in verse 8, he's called Simon Peter. Now, Luke does that. Jesus will later give him the name Peter. So, Luke is kind of, or he knows the name when he writes the text, but you could just read it Simon for pure reading because he doesn't yet have the name Peter. He's just making sure you know about whom he is speaking. Why does Peter respond that way? You know, you would imagine if you're a fisherman, you live your whole life for what? The big colossal catch, he finally got it. Not only his boat is full, two 30-foot-long boats are full. The nets are breaking. The boats are bowing. It's all they can do to get the catch to shore with two boats from the nets of one boat. My immediate response would seem to be, thank you for the financial windfall. Thank you that this is a, a half year's worth of fish. Man, we're going to have a great season at the market. This is going to be incredible when we go to market. We've never made this much money before. But Simon Peter, unlike we, was not thinking about the financing of fishing. He's thinking, this man seems to know too much, doesn't he? All he can think about is the sin of his own soul, that this one is the curios, the Lord. He is holy and righteous, and I'm a sinner. And he falls down and says, get away from me. I'm a sinner. It reminds us of Isaiah 6, doesn't it? The year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah goes to the temple and the hem of the garment of Jesus fills the temple and there's smoke and the pillars of the temple are shaking and the divine beings are, are chanting back and forth, holy, holy, holy. And the midst of all that, Isaiah in the presence of the righteous God, Yahweh himself, Isaiah cries out, oh, woe is me. I'm around that which is holy and I am unholy, that which is pure and I'm a sinner, and I will die. Isaiah was afraid to be in the presence of holiness. And likewise, Peter is afraid to be in the presence of the Lord. Eugene Lowry says, It was wonderful, as in wonder. It was marvelous as in marvel. It was terrific, as in terrify. This was not an ordinary catch of fish. It was the wrong time, the wrong place, the wrong man, but it was a colossal catch of fish. He calls him Lord. Don't miss it in verse 8. I am a sinful man, O Curious. If someone were to ask you to share your beliefs in just three words, could you do it? 
You might say, no, pastor, I believe so much about Scripture or the apostles' theology. I would need pages. I would need a book to codify the central tenet of my faith. But you shouldn't need all that. The earliest Christological confession in one clause is just what Peter said. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. That is the center of all of our faith. In fact, so much so that Paul said in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And Paul envisioned that day when every member of the human race, both the living and the dead, would bow the knee to Jesus and every tongue would confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Have you said that in your life? Of all the words you will ever utter, those are the only three that matter. Have you said with your heart, Jesus is Lord. Lord of creation, Lord of power over the demons, Lord over disease, Lord over me. To say he is Lord is to say absolutely everything. He is master. Jesus is Lord. Don't miss the message of the Messiah. 9 and 10, calling for a new kind of catch. Calling for a new kind of catch. For amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on, you will be catching men. From now on, you will be catching men. Every time in the gospel of Luke so far that we are in our humanity and the presence of the divine, there is fear. You remember old Zacharias in the presence of the angel Gabriel? What did Gabriel say? Fear not. Mary in the presence of the angel Gabriel, fear not for you have found favor. And the shepherds out on the hillside, the angel, what did he say? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people everywhere. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. You bear those words? Who is Christ the Lord? Lord. There it is. Once again, fear not, Jesus says. Do not fear, verse 10. From now on, you will be fishers of men. Once you call Jesus Lord, you have one purpose in your life. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher or you're a plumber. Once you say Jesus is Lord, you are to catch others for the kingdom of God. Look at those words. From now on. From now on. That's what he said. From now on. Put it in. English language, you might say, from this day forward, from here on out, drive the stake in the ground, here it is. Because you have called me, Lord, from now on, from this day forward, from this day forward, you'll be catching men from the kingdom. Look at verse 11. 
entitle it, Leaving Everything to Follow Him. Leaving Everything to Follow Him. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed Him. They left everything and followed Him. The primary image for a disciple in Luke's gospel is that of a follower. And if you're going to follow Jesus, the first thing you learn is you can't carry a lot of baggage with you. Are you willing to leave everything behind? The only way you can follow Jesus is by leaving everything behind and followed him. They left everything behind. Some of you here this morning, there might be a relationship you need to leave behind to follow him. Some of you here this morning, there might be a substance you need to leave behind to follow him. What do you need to leave behind in order to follow him? Get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinner. How do we respond to this rabbi. The crowds in Luke's gospel are simply amazed that he has power over darkness, demons, and disease. The response of the multitude is amazement. The response of the Jewish leaders in Nazareth is, last week they want to push him off a cliff. They respond with a murderous spirit because they understand who he is and what he claims. How do we respond? The religious leaders further on in the gospel respond by calling him a blasphemer. But the only right way to respond is to respond like Simon Peter. To repent. To say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Get away from me. And in doing so, to call him Lord. I know how the crowd responded. I know how those in the synagogue in Nazareth responded. I've already read the the book of Luke. I know how the religious authorities are going to respond at the end. They're going to call for his crucifixion. I know how Simon Peter responded. He fell to the ground and said, you are the Lord. Get away from me. There was wonder and marvel And there was Tara. The question today is, how will we respond? We've been drawn into this narrative as readers. We can't be on the outside and and safely have a distance. Now we have read the story and we have entered the story. And we we too have to choose a way to respond to this man who has power over disease and darkness. And now we know even power over the little fish in the Sea of Galilee. Will you join Isaiah? Will you join Simon in saying you're a sinner who needs a Savior and that he is the only Lord of your life? Will you leave all the brokenness behind? Will you leave everything behind to follow him? Now it's your boat your call, your Savior, your Lord. Let us pray.
Oh God, what a challenging story. We join Simon in falling to the ground and saying, get away from me. You don't know who I am. If you did, you wouldn't be here. And yet Jesus doesn't leave. He doesn't leave us. He calls us to repent for the kingdom of God has arrived. Oh God, I can't help imagine there's someone in this great sanctuary or someone watching by way of television or Someone here, Lord, who needs to say, I am a sinner and I need a Savior. And Simon Peter, the Prince of Apostles, can admit he's unworthy for the Lord and the kingdom of the Lord. I can join him today. Fall at his feet say, save me, a sinner. Maybe there are others today who need to come and be a part of this great church, this great fellowship, and say, here I will serve, and here I will give, and here I will worship the one true God through his Spirit and his Son. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.